Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Because people are not used to it, they think they can drive as fast as they usually can. They can't. Orange County's executive urging caution as the nor'easter is dumping snow in Orange County in areas north and west of the city. Sales of animals from puppy mills will be illegal in New York State. Well, the spread of RSV causing shortages of over-the-counter medicine for children. First Lady Jill Biden flip-flops now signaling support for another White House run for her husband. The National Archives releases the second of two previously classified materials on the assassination of JFK. 77 WABC weather alerts. Well, winter nor'easter impacting the tri-state area, leaving behind rain, a rain-snow mix, or snow in areas more north and west of the Big Apple, including Orange County, New York. Here's Orange County Executive Stephen Newhouse. He spoke to ABC7. Because people are not used to it, they think they can drive as fast as they usually can. They can't. So we have a lot of people that are off the road, so disabled vehicles, which now ties up law enforcement and tow companies. And DPW is forced to, you know, drive around them when they're trying to salt and sand. So all those impacted things. Several inches of snow are reported in West Milford, New Jersey. New York City, Long Island, and northeastern New Jersey experiencing mostly all rain as well as breezy conditions. A handful of school closings are reported this morning in Ulster and Sullivan counties. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation labeled the Puppy Mill Pipeline Bill by supporters. It bans the retail sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits bred under inhumane conditions. It would ban pet stores from selling animals supplied by abusive breeders or puppy mills and encourage rescue adoptions. Bethany Clock of the Erie County SPCA spoke to WGRZ about why puppy mills can cause hereditary issues among dogs. A lot of hereditary issues can come from breeding these dogs over and over. For example, a lot of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, they all have the same uh, mitral heart valve disease that kills them pretty young. The legislation would include an agreement that delays it from taking effect for two years, allowing shelters to set up spaces in existing pet stores to facilitate adoptions. Sporadic shortages are reported of children's over-the-counter cough, cold medicines, and pain relievers as cases of RSV spread. The CDC also says flu infections and hospitalizations are increasing. COVID-19 wastewater levels and COVID-related hospitalizations have also been on the upswing. 
Slowlene Figeli, a mother, spoke to ABC7 about her awful experience over Thanksgiving. She had this horrible cough. I took her to the pediatrician twice, and I couldn't find Tylenol. I was just going from one grocery store to the next, and I couldn't find it. And thankfully, my mom or grandma had some saved in her medicine cabinet. We ended up using that. Sales of cough and cold medications at U.S. retailers rose 35% in the four-week period ending December 3rd, compared with the same period a year ago. According to a Jeffries analysis of Nielsen data and spending on throat sprays and things like lozenges increased 56% during that time frame as well. Well, insiders have told CNN that First Lady Jill Biden, who three months ago had a lukewarm response to her husband seeking a second presidential term, says she's now in support. It's a switch from the fall when the First Lady said she was not a proponent of another term for her now 80-year-old husband. Joe Biden was asked about a 2024 presidential run in Nantucket over the Thanksgiving holiday. Here's what he said. Mr. President, how are your 2024 conversations going? There have been concerns about Biden's cognitive abilities in public. He has made several verbal missteps. At the age of 78, Biden became the oldest person to assume the presidency. He'll be 82 at the end of his current term. Biden has repeatedly stated that he intends to run for re-election. The National Archives on Thursday released thousands of previously classified documents collected as part of the government review into the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy. This cache of over 13,000 documents is the second of two JFK assassination-related document dumps that President Biden ordered last year. Larry Schnaff, a New York lawyer who filed a federal lawsuit last month against President Biden and the National Archives, demanding release of all these still-classified assassination documents, spoke to 77 WABC host Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. You know, this goes partially to the overall problem we have of overclassification in this country with documents. And, you know, the CIA just... Uh, doesn't want to let things go. And and they claim that they're trying to protect methods and sources. And the idea that we're still using methods and sources from 60 years ago is kind of laughable. Kennedy's assassination prompted a whirlwind of questions from the public and researchers about conspiracy theories. 77 WABC News Time 507. Show no one has a day off. And I understand we'll be back Monday for him. Here's Alex Barnard. All right. Thanks, Deb. We're right now looking at a lot of accidents due to the heavy rain that is still coming down. Right now, there's a lane blocked on I-95 in the Bronx heading northbound at Hutchinson at the Hutchinson River Parkway with slow traffic back to exit 13. We're also looking at the left lane blocked in Queens on the Grand Central Parkway heading eastbound at Jewel Avenue with stop and go traffic back to the LIE. And on the BQE, the left lane, one lane blocked in Queens at uh, heading eastbound at North Northern Boulevard with stop and go traffic back to Broadway. Uh, we also looking at some slower traffic on the Cuomo on the Mario Cuomo Bridge and some slippery roads in Dutchess County uh, between the Newburgh Beacon, Beacon Bridge tolls 
uh, and I-84 heading westbound. Your bridges and tunnels are looking a little slow this morning as well due to the weather. That center tube of the Lincoln Tunnel was closed until five, until uh, just a couple of minutes ago, actually. Um, the Holland Tunnel is, has just also reopened due to some road work. Subways and buses, however, are on or close to schedule. Now, taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, the rain ends by 1 p.m. Temperatures will fall to 41 degrees. Tonight, there's a 30% chance of rain until 10 p.m., then clearing until turning to partly cloudy skies, a low of 38. Saturday, we're looking at sunny skies, a high of 41, and that sun will continue into Sunday with a high of 38. For traffic and transit and weather, I'm Alex Barnard. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time 509. Well, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is taking some public shots at Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell's plan to Pass an omnibus spending package before Christmas. It's fueling tensions between Senate and House GOP leaders. McCarthy told Fox News host Sean Hannity on Tuesday evening that he hopes Senate Republicans will not vote for this spending bill, arguing that they could save almost $100 billion in taxpayer money by voting instead for a stopgap measure that would freeze federal funding levels until next year when Republicans will take control of the House. McCarthy doubling down on his tough talk during a press conference Wednesday. You just had an election where we changed the course where the House is now going to be controlled by Republicans. You have Democrats who controlled all and didn't do their job are now going to try to jam us right before Christmas. A bill that funds the entire government that we don't have any input in and others. It wouldn't have anything to do with being speaker. It has to do with the American public and what the future of America is going to be when it comes to Fiscal resources. As of this morning, the national debt stands at over $31 trillion and counting. Former President Donald Trump said Thursday that he'd ban the U.S. government from labeling any domestic speech as misinformation or disinformation if he returns to the White House. He spoke about it in a video shared with the New York Post. I will sign an executive order banning any federal department or agency from colluding with any organization, business, or person to censor, limit, categorize, or impede the lawful speech of American citizens. The former president also said he'd fire federal bureaucrats who he perceived have engaged in domestic censorship. Trump further pledged to direct the Department of Justice to aggressively prosecute surrounding the alleged censorship. Former President Trump also making an announcement on his social media platform, Truth Social, yesterday. 77 WABC's Bob Brown reports. A new way to learn more about the 45th president of the United States. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. They're $99 each, and Trump urging his followers to get them right now because he believes they'll be selling out fast. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. New legislation inspired by Long Island native Gabby Petito's murder is now heading to the president's desk. The Help Find the Missing Act, backed by Petito's parents, was approved by the U.S. Senate last week. The House just passed it overwhelmingly. The legislation calls for information on missing people to be entered into the FBI's internal database called the National Crime Information Center, the NCIC. That database would kick information over to the Department of Justice's public database called NAMIS, or the National Missing Persons and Unidentified Persons System. 
It would then be shared so the public can see who is missing and provide potential help. Petito's father, Joe, spoke to ABC7 back in October. There has to be something done on, on the way we handle missing people. That's what it is. You know, it's just helping people. Everyone deserves to be, to be found. And here's a way to have that happen. Under New York state law, law enforcement is already required to put the details of missing people into NAMIS, but it's one of only 13 states that has that requirement. Law enforcement in Connecticut and New Jersey are not required. President Joe Biden said Thursday he will soon make a visit to sub-Saranian Africa, announcing bare details of his travel plans as he wrapped up a U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit. Biden said he will be dispatching many of his top advisors to Africa, including Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. We're all going to be seeing you, and you're going to see a lot of us because we're deadly earnest and serious about this endeavor. And you're going to see us deliver our commitments, all of our commitments. The president did not detail which countries he will visit or exactly when the trip will happen. A warning to the United States from Russia. Russia's foreign ministry warned Thursday that if the U.S. confirms reports that it plans to deliver sophisticated air defense missiles to Ukraine, it would be another provocative move by the United States. And that could prompt a response from Moscow. Military spokesperson Maria Zaharova said in a weekly briefing that the U.S. had effectively become a party to the war in Ukraine. Retired Army Major General James Spider Marks weighed in on CNN. The Russians now have lost that advantage of launching these attacks from sanctuary. So in order to address that, the Russians now are going to have to go back to dumb rockets, artillery, which means they're going to have to get in closer to the Ukrainians. And every time they close with Ukrainian forces, you know what happens. They get slaughtered. So they're concerned about that. Sakharova did not specify what the consequences would be. Well, Twitter Thursday suspended the accounts of journalists who covered the social media platform and its new owner, Elon Musk, for alleged doxing. The announcement from Musk, uh, who uh, said that uh, you can criticize me all you want, but sharing his location and that of his family endangers all of them. And that is not OK. Musk tweeted the journalists allegedly violated the platform's new policy not to share location information. Now, among them, reporters suspended are those working for The New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, Voice of America, and others. Jack Sweeney, creator of the Twitter account at Elon Jet, which tracked Musk's jet, spoke to CNN. I was a fan of Elon. You know, he does some pretty cool stuff with SpaceX and Twitter. And it gives you just another view that a lot of people don't know about, about where that person's going and might give you clues as to what new business is going on. Musk launched a poll asking his over 121 million followers if he should unsuspend the journalist's accounts now or in seven days. As of a short time ago, the now option was ahead 59 percent to 41 percent with over 1.2 million votes. 77 WABC News Time 515. Here's Justin Ellick on sports. Thank you, Deb. We begin here on the ice. That's where the local action happened last night. The Rangers, they kept on keeping on with their winning ways in the form of a 3-1 to win over the Toronto Maple Leafs at the Garden. This one was nodded at one with time dwindling in the second period when Jimmy Vc turned on the Jets for this glove-side beauty to give the Blue Shirts the lead. Ryder turns, trying to clear, blocked by Bunting. Here comes Matthews. That's broken up by Miller. Good play. Two on one, Rangers. Vc moves in. BC with Trocek. BC scores! A beauty by Jimmy BC gives the Rangers. 
That call courtesy of MSG. The Rangers, they wouldn't look back. BC would add an empty netter as well late in the third to cement the victory in the squad's fifth straight win. Up next for them, a visit to Philadelphia tomorrow to take on the Flyers. And over in New Jersey, things are a bit more bleak. Currently, the Devils, they fell 2-1 to last night in Newark to the aforementioned Flyers, pushing their losing streak to four games. Devs, they couldn't figure out Philly goaltender Carter Hart. He stood on his head with 48 saves and route to the Flyers' win. Jack Hughes, he gets the one goal for New Jersey up next for them. They'll try and right the ship come tomorrow when the Florida Panthers come into town. And huge news out of the Bronx here. Left-hander Car- uh, starter, left-handed starter, excuse me, Carlos Rodon is in agreement with the New York Yankees on a six-year, $162 million deal, so he'll fit nicely into that start, uh, number two starter role behind Ace Garrett Cole. And Thursday night football saw Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers take on the Seahawks in Seattle and uh, beat them, that is, by a score of 21 to 13. Niners, they clinched the NFC West. Just the second team to uh, first team to clinch a division title, second team to clinch a playoff spot behind the Eagles here. And looking ahead to tonight, Nets are in Toronto against the Raptors at 7.30. Knicks are in Chicago against the Bulls at 8 p.m. And the Islanders, they're in Arizona against the Coyotes at 9.30. Here with your uh, early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time, 5.17. Here is Alex Barnard for Joe Nolan. All right, Deb, like I said earlier, the the traffic is looking really bad right now because of that rain. We got several accidents that we're looking at right now. One lane is blocked in the Bronx on I-95 heading northbound at the Hutchinson River Parkway. We also got a left lane block in Queens on the Grand Central Parkway heading eastbound at Jewel Avenue and on the BQE heading eastbound on I-278 at Northern Boulevard. The rain is also causing slow traffic on the Mario Cuomo Bridge. Speed limit heading both ways is 45 miles per hour. And there's a disabled vehicle that we're looking at in Elizabeth on the New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes uh, with stop-and-go traffic back to exit 14. For your bridges and tunnels right now, the uh, George Washington Bridge uh, heading in and out of the city right now is looking... All right. Uh, the center tube of that Lincoln Tunnel has been reopened uh, after work was cleared. And the out one lane of the outbound Holland Tunnel is still closed for road work until 5.30. Subways and buses are on or close to schedule. Now, looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, the rain will end around 1 p.m., temperatures falling to 41. Tonight, there's a 30% chance of rain until 10 p.m., then clearing to partly cloudy skies with a low of 38. Saturday, we'll have some sun finally, a high of 41, and that sun will continue to Sunday with a high of 38. With your traffic, transit, and weather, I'm Alex Barnard. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time 519. Here's Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Recession fears driving Wall Street sell off to end the week. The Dow Jones Industrial suffering its largest decline in three months, down 764 points yesterday. All three major indexes now on pace for sharp weekly losses. Ford Motor Company hiking the price of its cheapest electric truck, the baseline F-150. Lightning is increasing 9% to nearly $56,000. Ford's electric vehicle sales rose more than 100% for the fifth straight month in November. American Airlines making it harder to earn frequent flyer miles, one of a number of changes the airline is making next year. American is getting rid of its miles saver and anytime awards. The stock dropped 3% after yesterday's announcement. Natural gas at its highest level in two weeks, surging 9 yesterday. Utilities pulling from U.S. reserves as demand continues to soar. Please join me several times each weekday right here.
here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Looking at futures, the Dow is down 300 points or 0.91% at 33,131. S&P's dropped 41 and a half. NASDAQ down 104 and three quarter points. Gold up 10 cents an ounce at $1,787.90. Crude oil at $74.27 a barrel this morning. That is down $1.83. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. New Jersey Transit may be one of the first transit agencies in the country to enact a policy to protect its workers. 77 WABC's Noam Layden reports. New Jersey Transit wants to ban riders who are found guilty of attacking its employees. The ban, if approved by state lawmakers, would be for at least a year. Riders who use a deadly weapon would get a lifetime ban if New Jersey Transit gets its way. Unionized workers have fought an ongoing battle to have employee assaults taken more seriously by the courts, and now it looks like that may happen. For early news, I'm Noam Layden. Surveillance video has helped investigators in Philadelphia and New York City determine they're looking for the same suspect. 39-year-old Termaine Salisbury, who lives in southwest Philly, suspected in the shooting of a Philadelphia parking authority officer and in a shooting at a Bronx gas station. Here's Philadelphia Police Department Captain John Walker. Four detectives from the two departments worked tirelessly over the last two weeks putting together Incredible evidence working through hundreds and hundreds of hours of video in both states. Surveillance video shows a suspect walking up to a 37-year-old Philadelphia police officer from behind and shooting him in the ear and shoulder. The wounded officer, Timothy McKensky, was originally hospitalized in critical condition. He has since been released from the hospital, but his recovery continues. Salisbury was also named a person of interest in the shooting of a Sunoco gas station employee in the Bronx on November 22nd. An investigation is underway into a deadly shooting inside of a Washington Heights deli. It happened Thursday night. Here's 77 WABC's Alex Barnard. Police say there was an argument between two men after 4 p.m. yesterday inside a deli located at 14 Nagel Avenue. The victim, 30-year-old Tykeem Barry, was shot in the chest. The shooting unfolded right in front of Barry's 9-year-old daughter, who was with him at the time. Barry was pronounced dead at Harlem Hospital. There's no word yet on what the two men were arguing about. Police are now searching for the shooter. No arrests have been made, and the investigation is ongoing. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. Police are looking for a suspect in another brutal anti-Semitic attack here in New York City. Now, this latest attack, Wednesday night, about 7.30 p.m. in Central Park. Police say that a 63-year-old man walking in the park right near the intersection of Terrace Drive and East Drive was struck from behind by a suspect making anti-Semitic remarks and also made a reference to Kanye West whose anti-Semitic remarks have spawned criticism and also caused him to lose endorsements. Experts say the fact that the assailant mentioned the rapper Kanye West is just more evidence of the hate-filled echo chamber on social media fueled by West's recent avalanche of anti-Semitic tropes. 
Scott Richmond of the Anti-Defamation League spoke to ABC7. Cases like celebrities and sports figures who make statements that people listen to because this is not just a small incident like the many that we're following. This is an incident that's being carried out by somebody that has a huge following. And when that happens, people copy it. People begin to think that anti-Semitism is normal. The uptick in anti-Semitic crimes is those of the Jewish faith on edge heading into Hanukkah, which begins Sunday evening. The NYPD's hate crimes dashboard as of this morning shows there have been 195 anti-Semitic hate crimes to date and and 208 arrests right through the end of September of this year here in New York City. Well, the world's largest menorah will return to Manhattan this weekend. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has more. The menorah at 59th Street and 5th Avenue, along with the large menorah in Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn, will be lit Sunday night for the start of Hanukkah. They are 32 feet tall. There will be music and gifts for children at the Grand Army Plaza Sunday and other festivities until December 25th. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. And 77 WABC owner-operator and host John Katzmatidis will be lighting one of the candles Tuesday night. An accused pedophile can't be prosecuted due to what the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office admits was its serious mistake in the case of alleged sex abuse. A Brooklyn woman who is a member of the Hasidic community in Borough Park claims a man close to her family allegedly abused her for four years, starting at the age of 11. In early 2020, the NYPD arrested Aaron Grouse and charged him with sexual conduct against a child. The woman then heard from others in her community that the case had been dropped because she was allegedly uncooperative. The DA's office denies there was any pressure from the Hasidic community to drop the case. But Shilam Leifer, a community activist, told ABC7 he doesn't believe that. I absolutely would say that somebody from the community um, pressured or worked with the DA's office um, in making sure that there's no prosecution. An alleged sexual predator is roaming the streets. Show us how and what you are going to do, both for this victim and for the victims of the city, who no doubt feel like they can't trust this office to get justice for them. The woman also contends she was abused in an upstate county by the same family acquaintance. The Brooklyn DA's office told NBC New York that they will assist the survivor in pursuing allegations there in hopes she may still receive some measure of justice. 77 WABC News Time 527. Alex Barnard in for Joe Nolan with traffic, transit and weather. All right, Deb, as we round out this half hour of news, we're going to go back to those roads, and they're still looking pretty slippery this morning. There's some stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on I-278 heading eastbound between Hamilton Avenue and Cabin Plaza. We're still looking at an accident blocking a lane on the BQE heading eastbound at Northern Boulevard with stop-and-go traffic heading back to Broadway. In the Hudson Valley now, heading up to Westchester, there's a shoulder blocked in Bedford on I-684 heading southbound. And in Putnam, we also have a shoulder block in Brewster. In New Jersey, we're looking at stop-and-go traffic in Linden on on the New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes, as well as a disabled vehicle with two lanes blocked in Elizabeth. And in Nutley, there's a road blocked due to a fallen tree on Route 21 heading northbound between Park Avenue and Route 3. For your bridges and tunnels this morning, the GWB is looking all right so far. Lincoln Tunnel about eight minutes heading both inbound and outbound. And the Holland Tunnel outbound, there's one lane closed for road work until 
until just a few minutes from now, actually. Uh, subways and buses are on or close to schedule. Now, taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, the rain will end by 1 p.m. with temperatures falling to 41. And tonight, we have a 30% chance of rain until 10 p.m., which will clear to partly cloudy skies, a low of 38. Saturday, we finally get some sun once again, a high of 41. And that sun will remain through Sunday, a high of 38. With your traffic, transit, and weather, I'm Alex Barnard. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC News Time 528. Comedian Trevor Noah returning to host the Grammy Awards in February. 77 WABC's Frank Diaz has the story. The Recording Academy made the announcement, and it'll be Noah's third consecutive appearance as the host of the award show. The comedian said one of his favorite things about the Grammys is getting to experience artists in their rawest element, which is performing their music live. The Grammy Awards takes place on February 5th in Los Angeles. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Frank Diaz. If you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com.